Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us online for another week of Compass. My name is Kyan. I'm actually a local farmer here. I grew, I grow vegetables and I have chickens and geese and ducks on my farm. We're a regenerative farm. We're located just a couple miles outside of the town. If you're interested in finding out more about my farm and what I do, we'd love to talk to you. Send me an email. Before I was a farmer, I was a pastor. Um, I used to be a pastor up in the southwest suburbs of the Chicago, and I ran a large recreation ministry there, but I ended up deciding to leave that career and pursue farming because I want to make a difference in local families' lives, and, and uh, farming is the way I chose to do that. So um, this is week four of our series, Either Or, here at Compass, and I'm so glad that you're joining us online to check it out this week. Um, This is looking at the end of the Sermon of the Mount. Uh, Jesus is wrapping things up with a tough choice. Either you follow him or you don't. Either or. I'm here speaking this week because, as many of you know, Chris is out recovering from surgery. He had surgery on his ankle, and um, I came to him and said, hey, I used to be a pastor. I might be able to help out. Uh, What do you need? And Next thing you know, I'm here talking to you, and I'm not sure how I feel about that or if that'll happen again, but um, that's what happens when you volunteer, I guess. No. Uh, so I'm glad to, hear, glad to be here, glad to help out. Um, hopefully we'll see, see more of me in the future. This week we're continuing to look at the book of Matthew, and this week we are specifically looking at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, which reads, Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Okay, so um, here's where I want to start today. Have you ever? I figure I'm new here at Compass. We've only been coming here for a little over a year. I want to get to know more people. And so um, have you ever is a great icebreaker game. And since I'm new, or more more accurately, since I'm here speaking and I have the mic, quite literally, I'm in charge. Um, I guess I'll go first with the first question. Have you ever? Have you ever had someone say to you, I wouldn't do that if I were you? And then you did it anyways. Have you ever had someone say to you, I wouldn't do that if I were you, and then you did it anyways? No no one? Just just me? Cool? All right. Yep. When I first met my wife's parents, right, I wanted to make a good impression. You know, as a, you know I knew that it would be a momentous occasion for uh, possibly the rest of my life. You know, I want to make a really good impression. Don't want to do anything wrong, right? So um, I remember going to uh, her parents' house um, to meet them for the first time, right? And her mom had made a meal, especially for the occasion. We we're going to eat dinner together. It was a meal that their family ate often called uh, chicken and rice, which was very confusing to eat because, you know, you had this, this rice base, which, you know, use a fork for, right? And then chicken, but it wasn't like, um, you know, boneless chicken. It was, it was chicken on the bone, which, you know, how, how do you eat a chicken leg on the bone with a fork? But it was kind of in the right, it was, me- it, it was confusing, lots of anxiety on my part. I'm really stressed, I wanna make a good impression, I have no idea how to eat this thing, right? And uh, it, one of the sides that they, that they served with the meal was something that they called uh, 
orange salad. Um, I guess I should stop and say, my biggest fear in life is trying new foods. Uh, yeah, really. Um, you know, climbing a mountain, not a big deal. Uh, cliff, rock climbing, no, no issues. Heights, not a problem whatsoever. Um, spiders, nothing. Snakes, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking in front of people, doesn't bother me at all. Um, putting something new in my mouth, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's hard. I just, it's really difficult for me. And um, over time, um, you know, since I've been married to my wife, she's helped me understand my fear a little bit better. Turns out it's texture that I have an issue with. Um, I don't do slimy. No, slimy is not okay. Um, I can crunchy, great, spicy, yeah, no problem. Um, it's a little issue, but yeah, I can do it. Uh, but slimy, uh-uh. <laughs> just nope, can't do it. And so orange salad is a mixture of sherbet with uh, orange jello and has mandarin oranges in it. Um, and that, it's slimy, in a word, slimy. But he, I'm here to make a good impression, right? So I'm not going to say no to something that um, her mom has made specifically for me to eat. Not happening, right? We have to, you have to eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna have one of everything, and I'm gonna finish it. It's it's gonna be good. We're gonna, we're here to make an impression. It's gonna be a good impression. Everything's it's fine, right? So we you know we we fill our plates, and you know I'm going through, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, that's not what. Yeah, and I get a scoop full of it, and my wife um, leans over to me and says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I'm, I, uh, it's okay, I, I'm gonna have some. And so I get a scoop and she's like, no, I really, you're not gonna like that. And I'm like, it's fine. And I put a scoop, not just like a little spoon. She's like, well, just get a little. No, I, I got a scoop, man, put that on my plate, right? And then we sit down and we're eating and I'm trying to figure out the whole like rice and chicken and fork thing and you know, laughing and talking, yeah, right? And, and um, I, I take a bite of, of slimy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, pretty sure my white, my face went white first and then green. And I, I remember, clear as day, I remember just, I was on the edge of the table just sitting here like this, looking away from everybody else, trying not to throw up. I don't want to make a scene, right? And I remember everybody getting really quiet, which means they're all looking at me, but I'm still looking over here, just, you know, having a moment, right? And... I force it down, because I'm here to make an impression, right? And I force it down, and um, everyone's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I know, it's, dude, it tastes good. You know, like, it tastes good, what? And, um, and then I take a, go to take another bite, and as I'm taking another bite, everyone at the table's like, no, no, like, what do you, you don't have to eat this. I'm like, no, it's okay. And I, and I finish that whole thing, right? I'm here to make an impression, and it's gonna be a good one. I'm gonna eat what she put in front of me. Yeah, um, I was only supposed to be there for you know dinner, and then I was supposed to go home. And uh, I got so sick afterwards that I ended up having to stay the night, like dry heaving the whole thing on their couch all night. Just I'm here to make an impression, right? <sighs> yeah. I wouldn't do that if I were you. So you see, my wife, even back then, before we 
before we were engaged, we were just, you know, we were just dating. Even back then, she already knew me well enough to know what was best for me. She knew what the wise thing was for me to do. But still let me decide for myself, which on the one hand is really cool. It's, that's extremely loving. That's very, very respectful, right? That she let me choose. She gave me freedom of choice. She didn't force me to do something, right? She didn't try to control me. Um, it's a very beautiful thing. On the other hand, wh what are you doing? <laughs> Don't let me eat that. That's, that's, this is not going to go well. Just take the fork out of my hand, please. Save me from myself, right? And like, you know, joking aside, right? This is a truth that we have to live with. There will always be moments in life and situations in life where we honestly will know best. We will know what's right. We will know what the wise thing is for someone else to do and yet be powerless to make them do it. Because, well, we're, people are people. People will always do dumb things and also people are just people. And We're not God. We're not powerful enough to make anybody do anything. Control is an illusion. I'm sorry, it is. And honestly, this is something that I'm just terribly frightened of as a young parent. I have two young daughters um, that just mean the world to me. And right now, um, they're so young that I, I can largely control my kids' choices. I can steer them towards healthy and wise decisions, right? With um, I can make sure that they stay safe and, and, and have good experiences. But that's going to change at some point. It's going to for me, it's going to change really soon because my oldest will start kindergarten next year, which means my wife and I are no longer going to be the only source of authority, the only source of influence in her life. Um, that control, that illusion of control, it's just... <sighs> what about you? Do you find yourself, as I'm, as I'm talking through this, do you find yourself relating more to my wife, who's by far the wiser person in our relationship, right? Do you, do you find yourself relating to her, knowing what's best for someone else, and yet powerless to make them actually do it? Or maybe do you find yourself relating to me in that story, and you're thinking back to a specific situation in your own life, and... Um, you're remembering some wise counsel that someone gave you, uh, saying not to do something, right? I wouldn't do that if I were you. And you did it anyway. It could be, uh, maybe it was relationship advice, right? Um, that person is not the best for you. I'm sorry. Or maybe it was a job choice. This isn't what you think it's going to be, or this isn't, you know, maybe you need to consider other aspects of this. I know the money's great, but what finance related, maybe you should have invested in something or don't invest in something or, or uh, friendship related. Like, I just don't like who you are when you're around them. They don't bring out the best version of you. It could be something as simple as, dude, don't post that. Don't share that. And you, and you did it anyway. The, this tension between free choice on the one hand and preeminent wisdom on the other, right? This, this, this tension between people get to do whatever they want because nobody can realistically control them and, and this preeminent wisdom, the wisdom that goes before, somebody knows what's best for you, right? That's exactly how I read this passage of scripture, 
right? This tension between free choice and preeminent wisdom because that's how I view God in this story, right? So let me read it again. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, I believe in a supremely powerful God. I believe he's a creator God. I believe he's the God that literally spoke everything, everything into existence with just his words. I believe he's a victorious God. I believe that one day, with ultimate finality, he will win. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son. And if you're like me, if, if you also believe in this God, this triumphant, resurrected Christ, then this message is for you. Because if you're like me, if you believe in this God, then it stands to reason that you also believe that God knows what's best for you. That's that preeminent wisdom, right? And to use Jesus' own words from this passage, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise builder. Wait, 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 wait. Mm. Wait, just, just one minute. I, I, I want to say right here what I would say to my wife earlier. Why is there a choice? Why is there even an option? I mean, the goal is to be a wise builder. Why would you let me choose to build something that's not going to survive? Why? why just make me a wise builder. Right? Now, people way smarter than me have been debating this exact question for literally over a thousand years. And honestly, if you go diving into this, this debate of, of free will and predestination and sovereign power, like there's answers all along the spectrum, right? You're going to find answers everywhere to, in, in, in answering this question of why is there a choice, right? Here, here's where I choose to land. Here's the camp that I choose to live in. Um, there is a free choice. And, and the reason why is because Jesus loves you. Like, really, really loves you. Um, and loves you enough to let you choose for yourself. Even if that means that you don't choose him. Now, if, if you're listening today, right? If you're joining us today and you don't claim to be a Christian, you don't claim to believe in Jesus Christ, then first off, I'm really glad you're listening, like, for real. Thanks for giving us a shot, and please continue to do so. Um, keep coming, right? If, if that's you, if you don't believe in this Jesus guy, then this is the one thing that I hope you hear today from me. Jesus loves you. Like, really loves you. And he loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, always-and-forever type love. Done. But if you're listening today and, um, and you do claim to, to, to serve Christ as Lord, if you do claim to follow him, then honestly, I'm sorry, you can't tune out just yet. I got more to say. If you're listening today and, and you don't claim to follow Jesus, honestly, you can just kind of stop listening 
right? My main thing for you is just Jesus loves you. But if you do claim to follow Jesus, then I need you to keep listening and keep learning. So first off, um, because there's, there's this huge either or moment coming and you're going to have to reckon with it if you claim to be a Christian. Now, um, before we get to that moment, right, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this text. When you hear this passage, what do you picture? When, when you hear someone talking about um, houses on sand, houses on the rock, um, storms and rain and, and, and water, like, what do you picture? Personally, when I picture this, I, what's going through my mind's eye when I hear someone say these words is I, I picture a house on the beach, right? Because that's where sand is. Right, um, and then when the when the storms are coming in, I'm I'm, I'm picturing something dark and cloudy with with lots of uh, uh, it's like a hurricane, right? With wind and, and and rain, and the the sea rises up and basically just washes the whole thing away. And when I picture a house on the rock, um, I I'm picturing something that's on on a cliff, right? Overlooking the ocean is just beautiful and iconic. And so when the storms come, um, the water doesn't even raise high enough to even get close to that house because it's, you know, it's on a cliff, right? And so the point being, it's a no-brainer, which is the better building location? It, well, duh, the house on the rock, right? Like, duh. Well, that's not the case to Jesus' actual setting. That's not what people who were there would have actually pictured when they were hearing these words. Because, I mean, think about it, right? It's the Sermon on the Mount, as a mountain, it's not Sermon on the Beach, Sermon on the Mount. And you have to put this in the, in, in the context of the actual geography and weather patterns that those people would have um, uh, lived under. So in, in Israel, there's a dry season and a wet season. And, and the dry season is like really dry, like no rain dry, like please God send rain, we can't grow food dry. And then the wet season is like, somebody turn off the water. This is too much rain. It all comes all at the same time. It's a dry season and a wet season. So um, this is significant because in, in the story that Jesus is telling, the picture that he's painting here, both builders build during the dry season. That's, that's when construction would have happened, right? And that's significant and important because it means and it conveys both builders think they're doing good. Both builders think they're doing all right. I mean, they both have a completed house that they can live in. Both builders think they're doing good. The difference is one builder built with the coming storm in mind and the other didn't. And the money question then what was different about their approaches? What makes the difference between a, a, a house that survives the storm, the coming storms, and a house that doesn't? Because you know they're coming, right? You, you know these storms are coming. Maybe, maybe you're in one right now. Uh, maybe up is down and down is up and left is right. Like Maybe you're in a chaotic phase of life and you don't know if you're going to get through it. It could be relationship issues, could be financial issues, it could be uh, job issues. Like maybe you're in a storm right now. And if you are, I just want to say, hey, hang on. You can make it. 
maybe you just came through a storm. I mean, as a, as a society here in America, we're coming through some extremely tumultuous storms of late. And 2020 was a thing, and 2021 is not much better, right? And we're kind of still in the midst of this, right? So maybe you're just, you're coming out of a storm, which means you're battered, you're broken, you're beat up. You've got questions from things that you deconstructed, um, questions about faith, questions about people, questions about society, questions about the future, and just questions, right? Or maybe maybe you're listening today and, and you're not in a storm and you're not coming through a storm, but but you know if you're being real, that they're on the way, right? And if that's you, I'm glad that you're in a good place, but please still um, lean in because storms are coming. This is life. So the question is, what makes the difference? What's the, what is the key difference in, in building something that's going to survive the storms versus want something that doesn't? And the, the answer is this. I mean, it's right there in the text. Anyone who hears these words of mine and does them. This this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them. That's the difference. If you want to be a wise builder, someone who builds a life with the coming storms in mind, then you need to know Jesus' words and, and more importantly, do them. If you want to be a wise builder, someone who builds a life that with the coming storms in mind, then you know, need to know Jesus' words and do them. Uh, which words? I, I mean, he said a lot, right? Which words? These words. As in these words that Jesus just finished speaking. Got to keep this in context. These words as in the Sermon on the Mount. This culmination of the ethic that he's expecting of the people that follow him, that, that, are, that are choosing to live life his way. This is for the church. This is for Christians, right? These words, as in the Sermon on the Mount, again, this is a huge either-or moment. Last week, when we talked about things, it was an either-or moment about false prophets and those who believe them. It was about whether or not we're going to believe anything that anyone says, whether it seems real or not, or if we're going to stay rooted to what Jesus actually said and who he actually is. Two weeks ago, it was an either-or moment about the about um, being a wolf or being a sheep, or even worse, being a wolf in sheep's clothing, which you can tell the difference by the fruit of someone's life. Do you produce good things in life that are holy, that are restorative, that build people up, or, or do you just take, take, take? And then three weeks ago, it was an either or a moment, and this was a huge one for me personally, about the, the straight and narrow and versus the broad and wide, the straight and narrow path and the, the gate that leads to eternal life and the broad and wide gate and path that leads to destruction. And, and what, what Chris shared, which really hit home for me, was that it's a Jesus-shaped gate. It's not narrow because it's hard. I mean, it is hard, but that's not what makes it narrow. It's narrow because it's shaped just like Jesus. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. These are, these are either or moments. Either you choose to follow Jesus or you don't. Either you choose to submit to Jesus or you don't. It's an either or. Now, here's the thing. I think, I think this is where I want to get really real, right? Um, all of these either or moments, I think they're really simple things. 
I think they're really simple, basic, everyday type moments. I think, I think we tend to hyper-spiritualize stuff like this, right? Which in turn makes it powerless, right? So we, we think back like uh, either or, like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a wise builder, right? Like, oh, like I, I said a prayer way back when I was four or I was seven. And, and we can share that with other people, like, which makes me a wise builder, right? Like, I, I know Jesus' words. I come to church. I'm a wise builder. Or we think back to mountaintop spiritual moments in our lives where maybe we, we had this really powerful experience with with God when we were a teenager at like a summer camp or a retreat or uh, you know, we went to a conference or a concert that was just really moving for us, right? So we, we hyper-spiritualize these things and we tend to, to, to use those moments as like these umbrellas that we sit under and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a wise builder because of that, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, 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 think, I think these either-or moments can be grandiose. I think they can be life-altering, like, who you marry matters and and who you're friends with matters and and saying a prayer to follow Jesus matters yeah but more than that i think either or moments are really um small little things little itty bitty moments that when you add them all up they define you i think either or moments are not super grandiose but they're little they're 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 just things you don't think about in life. Um, it's how you act when you discover a coworker is scamming the system or cheating or stealing, right? It's, it's what you say when you find out someone that you love is cheating on a loved one. It's, it's what you say when someone cuts you off on the road. Like, do you get mad and what do you say and what do you do? It's, it's how you handle your anger in general. And uh, it's how you treat those who harm you. That's how you respond when someone comes at you. It's, it's how you live out your faith. You know, um, do you do good deeds to, just to do them because it's the right thing? It's because what Jesus says? Or, or do, you, do you do good deeds so other people can look at you? Do you do good deeds so that you can post them on socials later? Stop posting that stuff. If, if you do, it cheapens it. If you do a good deed, keep that a secret. Don't tell anybody. It, it just cheapens it. Sorry, rant. It's little moments like how you pray. Do you pray, right? It's moments like how you look at other people you're not married to or not in a relationship with and what you think about when you look at them. It's how you look at other people in general and how you compare yourself to them. Do you, do you value your own person the way that Jesus values you? Do you value your body the way that Jesus values you? It's everyday moments. It's, it's everything that Jesus has said in this entire sermon, this Sermon on the Mount. I think if you follow Jesus and want to build a life that will survive the coming storm, then you really need to live this sermon out in everyday, small, nobody knows about them moments. It's the little things. And that's what I think it really boils down to, right? If you follow Christ, then follow him. If you claim to be a Christian, then be Christian. Live life Jesus' way. Follow him in the small moments, the hidden moments, in all the times when you think to yourself, 
it doesn't really matter anyways. Those are the moments that you need to do things the Jesus way. So where do we go from here? What do we do now? Um, well, that depends on you. It's that whole free choice thing again. I can't control you. I can't make you do anything. I don't even know you. Nor would I want to, right? If you're listening today and you don't claim to be a Christian, thanks for listening. And all I want you to hear is that Jesus loves you. He really loves you. And um, that's all I gotta say. And he's gonna love you no matter what you do, even if you don't choose him. If you're listening today and you do claim to be a Christian, then I'm afraid I have some homework for you. And it's, it's honestly, it's not enough as a Christian to listen to people talk about following Jesus. It's, it's not enough to share things on socials that support your faith or um, claim your faith. It, it's not enough to just say you're a Christian. If you if you're listening today and you claim to be a Christian, then I've got homework, and that homework is I want you to, at home, in secret, read the entire Sermon on the Mount straight through. That's Matthew chapter 5 through 7. It's three chapters. Read it straight through in a single setting. If, if you're married, read it with your spouse. If you're in a relationship, read it with them. If you have kids, please, please, please read it aloud with your kids. It's such a good model. Um, even if you're alone, even if you're single, just read it straight through. If you want bonus points, then read it every single day this week, okay? But here's the thing. As you read, allow this passage to interrogate you about the small things, which will happen very naturally if you read it with someone, okay? But allow this passage to interrogate you in the small moments if you do that and keep doing that, well, that's how you build a life that'll survive the coming storms. Because as Jesus said, whoever hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise builder. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.